Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 112. Today, we'll be talking about some ideas to get you through the final countdown of the school year. We'll also share highs and lows from our teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, offer a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now it is time to talk about some highs and lows of our teaching week or weeks since we've last talked on the air, on the mic, on the air. What does that mean? All right, Tanya, what would you like to say? Um, well, I am experiencing an overall low of trying to organize the last 24 years of my teaching life. Okay, now, not all of the last 24 years of my teaching life, but I mean, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with my organization. Some areas are better than others, but it's just inevitable when you've been in a building for a long time that there are things that just kind of get shoved in boxes at the end of the school year and then um, uncovered, oh, I don't know, now. And I've been having a lot of what fresh blank is this moments as I'm going through my classroom and trying to decide what a lot of things belong to me and I want them to come with me and some things belong to me and we don't need them to come with me but they need to go in the trash and some things belong to the school but should be better organized all of that and I just had this idea that I could just do it all like I don't know in a few hours here and there like oh if I take this part of my planning on this day or if I stay an hour later then you know I'll get it done but I'm really worried I'm not going to get it done. It's a lot to do. And we should probably back up just in case folks didn't listen to our last episode where we announced that both Tanya and I have new teaching positions for next year. In case someone's listening to you and going, where are you going? Um, Yeah, both Tanya and I got new teaching positions in our same district, but we are both moving buildings. And um, so that's what Tanya's talking about, in case you didn't know. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm thanking myself from last year because last year I did a big closet reorganization, um, not knowing that I was going to be leaving this year, but um, I did a lot of that work last year, which helped me. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but I'm just saying this. No, but see, I did that too. Like, oh, I didn't do a whole rehaul, but I did do a lot of organizing of manipulatives and put things in, you know in containers. I got those awesome condiment containers that you were raving about. And I made some awesome labels. Uh, I'll have to post a picture because I do love the labels that I ended up making because they're very bright. They're very clear. They have pictures of exactly what's in each box. And I love that. So I set the bar high because now everything has to be like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I'll, it'll, it'll happen or it won't happen. And, um, yeah, what I, what I should do is, I don't know. 
what I should do is invite people into my music room, other music teachers, and, and say, oh, look, look at these things that belong to me, but I won't be taking. Who wants them? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially teachers who are younger and don't have a lot of stuff yet. I'm sure a lot of people will want your things. I don't want your things. I <laughs> probably you have don't. your things. <laughs> I know you do. Who knows? Maybe something I would want. It'll happen slowly but surely. Well, did you see that I did put up an email for the whole district about the dinosaur hats? Yeah, you're trying to get rid of these dinosaur hats. Yes, and I I actually got a response directly from the person who created the dinosaur hats. Oh, does she want them back? No, no, no. She said, oh, that was such a cute show. It was for such and such show. And I said, that's awesome. Do you want them? You want these dinosaur hats? Yeah. She teaches middle school now, uh, middle school choir. And I'm like... (laughs) Do you want the sixth graders to do the, the dinosaur show? I can't remember what the title of the show is. That's hilarious. So, um, yeah, uh, the dinosaur hats. They're in the truck of my car. I thought I'd drive around town with them for a few months before I did anything with them. That doesn't sound fun. No, I'm just joking. I, I want to get rid of them. They must yeah. go. Okay, so that's okay. my, you know, whatever, strum and drum. And what about you? Well, yeah, so along the same lines, but I'm going to do a high just because it's kind of a funny story. So, um. I, you know, Button, You Must Wander, the song Button, You Must Wander. So do we all know Button, You Must Wander? I think we do. Button, you must wander, wander. I know we can't sing together because we're over Zoom. Button, you must wander everywhere. Should I continue? Yeah, I think we've got it. Bright eyes will find you. (laughs) Sharp sharp eyes will find you. Button, you must wander everywhere. Thanks, Tanya. I wasn't planning sorry. on putting that in the show notes, but I guess now I have to. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I can do it. So, Button You Must Wander, great song. I, I use it in um, both second and third grade, and I play different versions of the game. So, with second grade, I do the, like, sit in a circle, pass the button behind your back while one student's in the middle trying to find the button, and we're trying to fake them out game. And then with uh, third graders, I do uh, hide the button somewhere in the room and someone else tries to find it and we crescendo and decrescendo our voices to match. And I have various buttons for the task. So the the I have a white plastic button. It's like a big giant button that works well. But then I also have this little red bean bag that I, we call it the pretend button um, because sometimes the white button is just too hard to find depending on which version of the game. All that to say about, oh, I don't know, a month or two ago, I couldn't find either button, which was, you know, ironic because it wandered away. And I kept telling the kids, the button has wandered. I don't know where the button is. So we've been just using random items to be the button, just whatever yeah. random item I can find. And that's fine. And the kids kind of think it's hilarious. So Oh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday we had a flex testing day at my school, which meant I didn't have students, which was great because I've been working on my room and taking inventory specifically. And um, so I was going through all of my instrument buckets and taking everything out and counting it and then, you know, writing down on a little inventory how much I have of everything. Um, and guess what? I found one of my buttons stuck inside my bin of maracas. And then about 45 minutes later, I found my other buttons stuck inside of, what were they in? They were in like my, um, 
Oh, I don't remember. It might, it might have been sandblocks or something. Anyways, I don't know how they got there. I don't know if some child decided it would be funny because I have this basket of like, I call it my game stuff. You know, it's got Lucy Lockett's pocket and the bone for Bow Wow Wow. And it's got mm-hmm. the black snake and all the thing. all my little game props are all in this one basket. And that's where everything always goes back. So I always know where to find it. So I wonder, you know, the kids now know where all this stuff is. So I just wonder if some lovely child decided to make the really button wander. wander. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I I had just totally written off the buttons thinking they're gone and I'll have to come up with some clever idea for next year before I do Button Heroes Wander. But I have found not just one, but both of the, my buttons. So that was a fun little moment for That's me. That's awesome. See, yeah. you should just get a bunch of buttons and then, you know. I know. Well, like I said, they're just like both of these things are perfect because the actual plastic button is like a really big giant button like – Mm-hmm. Why would anyone ever have this start large of a button? And then the other thing is like this tiny little, it's like smaller than a normal bean bag, but it's perfect for this type of game. Anyways, they're just like perfect items. I really like using them for these games and I hope that they don't wander away again because I was happy yeah. to find them. And now it's time for our main theme. Three, two, one, go. The final countdown. Okay. <laughs> I tried to fade it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we are so with it with we production. Production tech. are on top of their game today. Yeah, that was me moving my phone slowly <laughs> away from the microphone. <laughs> so why are we calling it three, two, one, the final countdown, Tanya? Because every morning in my head that song plays or it will now. one day more. But it's not one day more. It's one week more. Two weeks more. Yeah, whatever gets you through. Whatever gets you through, exactly. Uh, not that I'm counting down. I I don't know. I, I did really look at one point how many days, but then I forget pretty quickly. I, I, I can't do that countdown every single day because I'll drive myself crazy. Well, no, and it's confusing because that's not – it's like, how is that how many days to the end of the year? How many days I see each group? Like, that, right, that right. makes no sense to me. Well, and, you know, of course, you know this. If you teach small children, they're very concrete. And when you tell the second graders or first graders or kindergartners, oh, kids, we have one more day together. And they're like, one more day of school? I know. We're going home? What are we? I'm like, Just, <laughs> never mind. I'll see you again. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought this for this uh, episode, you know, last time we talked, we talked about just kind of general overall closure and specifically closure of leaving a school like Tanya and I are doing. Um, But we thought we'd get more specific because we know, you know, many of you are going to still continue teaching through June. Sorry if that's you. We will be done before Memorial Day, but we go back early in August. So you know, you, you won't be jealous of us later, but we wanted to give more specific ideas. If you're just looking for a few more things to get you through the rest of the year, specific lesson ideas, just a couple more ideas in your back pocket. Um, and we're calling it three, two, one, cause we're going to share three specific songs or dances or singing games, uh, two of our favorite resources, and then one kind of like big idea or unit that you might consider for this time of year. So yeah. three, two, one, go, here we go. Go. All right. All right. Three favorite singing games or dances or singing song activities. 
Singing Carrie. songs. <laughs> Singing songs. All right. Singing should I just songs. do all three of mine and then you do your, yours? Do all three. Yep. Okay, let's do that. All right. And th there's really no rhyme or reason other than these are just things that I've been doing lately for whatever reason. So Actually, with... there's lots of reason. Well, there's reason. But I'm saying, like, if these aren't specific, like, summertime theme or, and, you know. No. I'll, I'll explain like, it as I go. But, things uh, that work well right this minute. They have been working well. So uh, starting with the song, one, two, three. So this is the song that goes, one, two, three. Johnny caught a flea. Flea died. Johnny cried. Tee, he, he. Which you can use for all sorts of things, but I specifically have been using it with first graders, focusing on rest, quarter note rest. So I presented rest. That's really the last big concept I was able to present this year. This is a really great clear cut song for rest. So we're not doing anything with it melodically because it has a do and we haven't learned do yet or la. <laughs> it has la in it too. We haven't learned la yet. So just um, total rhythmic stick notation for it. And the game is a concentric circle where they're facing a partner on the one two three they do three claps on johnny caught a flea they shake hands gently with their partner on flea died johnny cried and i might do this slightly different than you tanya but i have the um inside circle person walk around the outside circle person they just go for oh. the walk around them i have the outside person walk around the inside person oh i don't know why i've done it this way i don't know and then on tee hee hee they wave goodbye and then the inside circle person scoots down to the next partner um so this is our first attempt at doing anything in a concentric circle or double circle can formation I, can i stop and ask you something yeah so you have them scoot you don't have them circle that person and then make a circle so they end up at the next partner? No, they. I, I just have them walk around on Flea Died, Johnny Cried, and then they're back, they're standing in front of their partner, they wave goodbye, tee, hee, hee, and scoot. They oh, scoot on okay. the rest. I have them um, shake hands on one, wait, no, they clap, one, two, three, they shake hands on Johnny Caught a Flea, they yeah. keep that person's hand, and they walk all the way around that person while they still have their hand and they let go of their hand when they end up in front of the next person. Oh, okay. It's similar. He I died, Johnny cried, tee, hee, hee, and then we're back in front of the next person. Okay, that makes sense. I think I've just broken it down where they circle around and then we wave goodbye and move down because I that think works. I was finding it yeah. was too confusing to do it the other way. Um, this is our first concentric circle song. So, um, you know, it takes a lot for them to know, like, am I the inside circle or the outside circle and who moves and who stays. And um, anyways. Sure. It's just... And I don't usually do this with the first grade. I usually do it early second grade as oh, a review for law. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And yeah, for me too, first grade, um, if I'm able to get law in, then this is, becomes a really great law prep song too, since it's got all those laws in there. So anyways, just a fun little singing game. The first graders love it. They just think it's, it's really cute. And I don't know, they just, they're really digging it right now. So awesome. Um, my next one I want to mention is the Maori folk song, A Papa Wairi. Um, it's otherwise known as a song to do with a tititoria, which is the Maori stick game, where you use like the large sticks. Here in the United States, we often use the lummy sticks. And um, students are facing a partner, and you can do various rhythm patterns. Um, sometimes it involves tossing the sticks to your partner, which gets really complicated. Um, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not 
not going to attempt to like go through all of the directions and explanations and history of the song now, but I will provide a really good link in the show notes that gives you the notation as well as some videos and some history of the song. Um, Just loving doing this. I've been doing it with third grade and it's just a really great fun thing to get them. I mean, I say up and moving, but they're not actually moving because it's a sitting game, but out of their typical spots, working with a partner. And what I love doing with this game is, you know, giving them some very simple patterns to do with the sticks, but then letting them come up with their own and create a new stick passing, you know, whatever they want to do um, to to show the beat or whatever. So anyways, just a really fun one. And I haven't specifically tied it into AAPI um, Heritage Month because we actually started doing this back in April and we kind of continued into May. Um, but you certainly could tie that into AAPI Heritage Month if you are so choosing to do so in your classroom. And then the last thing I want to mention, this is a seasonal thing. I've been doing the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And again, specifically with third grade, because we learned about dotted half note and three beat meter. Um, And so this is a really great song for that because it's in three beat meter and it doesn't have an anachrusis. You know, so many songs in three beat meter have an anachrusis, but this one does not. So I love that it starts right on the downbeat. It's fun to sing, um, you know, I mean, fun to talk about baseball. And um, this song um, is... was featured in the old Share the Music series, which I still pull things out of once in a while because they're great. And specifically, there's this really great ostinato that was paired with it. And I'm just going to go ahead and share it because it's out of of print, so I don't think I'll get in trouble. But the ostinato is home run up in the stands. So it's a dotted half note, dotted half note, ta, 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 dotted half note. Um, And so just really great practice for that dotted half note and ostinato. And what I had the kids do is I said, okay, well, we're, you know, a baseball team. We're on two teams. So I had them in two lines kind of facing each other. And one group was doing the ostinato, just speaking it, home run up in the stands. And the other team was singing, take me out to the ball game. So just a really easy way to to do some two-part stuff. Totally could have put the ostinato in the instruments yet, but we kind of Yeah, I was going to say, you can just put it, play it on dough. Oh, yeah. You can play it on Dell or you could just do it on non-pitched percussion in some way. Um, But for us, just we only really had time to speak it on that particular day and just do it in two parts that way. So, yeah, just it's a fun song this time of year, right? Thinking about baseball and the students can, you know, root, root, root for the whatever team you live near you know so for us it's the Rockies although you know I grew up singing Cubbies so you know and that's really Mm -hmm. where take me out to the ball game was really so popular with Harry Carey and all that but anyways um yeah so those are my three for right now that we've just been loving lately oh man I love it so you're gonna give us the ostinato in the show notes yes yeah I'll write that in the in the show notes sure awesome Okay, okay, cool. So, Tanya, what are your three favorite songs or okay. dances you've been loving? Well, um, with the fifth graders, we've been doing a lot of folk dancing, and I've been um, scaffolding the folk dancing so that we started with something uh, because we haven't danced until very recently. Um, all year long. And then last year when they were fourth graders, we didn't dance at all. So, you know, it's this whole thing of, oh yeah, they don't have this, the same dancing experiences that my previous grades have. So I'm just trying to 
get them and they love doing it. They love partnering up and um, they really enjoy that social interaction. Uh, my fifth graders at my homeschool in particular, they, when given a choice between tech things and active game things, they want to do active games. These fifth graders are craving that. And I know you've said the same thing yep. about your fifth graders is that I'm like, Ooh, do you want to move things around the computer screen and like make things bleep and go? And they're like, no, can we play, uh, Fire in the Mountain. That that's one that keeps coming oh, up. Yes, they play our old sow. Right. So, um, our what we've been doing this past week is well, we were doing Sashay the Donut, of course, because you got to Sashay the Donut. Um, and then weather's been really nice, and I've got a portable speaker that I love, love, love. And I've been taking them outside to do that. But then I also taught them a long way set dance that's also in the book Sashay the Donut called Snowball. And what is awesome about this particular dance is that the head couple, but I call them the head pair, the head pair at the very beginning, they do a right hand turn and a left hand turn. So it's just those two. And then the next time around, we add the next two pair the next pair so there's four kids and they do a right hand star and a left hand star and then we add the next pair so we've got six kids right three sets of partners and they do a circle one way and then they do a circle the other way and then so it's called snowball because each time you're adding another pair of kids so then the next one we have um kids going forward way back and they do it twice um, and then there's more to it, but it's snowball. And what I love about it is that it's so engaging because your role in the dance changes each time, because of course the head pair goes back down to the bottom at the very end of the sequence and we have a new head pair. So now you have a new thing to remember to do. And they really latched onto it really well. Um, and the music that I used is uh, music that when I, when I was taught this, and I think it was Andrew Ellingson, that I learned this from, he used the music Toast from Assemblage, the other side of the tracks. And Assemblage is a band that is um, the Amadon's son. I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, it's an it's an Amadon folk, bluegrassy um, group. Yeah, that put together this, and I don't even know. I haven't found it on Spotify. I'm not oh, sure right. if it's on Spotify. I happen to have the CD, so I just oh, use right. it directly from my, you know. I, I still have, uh, I don't stream everything. I have things that live on my devices, and that's just how yeah. I roll, and I'm very thankful that I have that. Um, so anyway, Snowball, great dance, fifth grade, really caught on, and they just want to do it over and over again. Okay, so awesome. now I'm going to go primary. Um, my... Second graders, we've been doing a lot of mouse mousey and they they love the whole uh, secretive who is the cat. Can uh, you talk through how you do it? Because I know yes, I'm going to talk through it slightly differently. Well, yes, and I've done it differently as years have gone by. But here's how I'm doing it this year is I put the mouse in the middle of the house and okay. the house is a circle. So we've got a circle of kids. We have hands. We take hands. Uh, there's a mouse in the middle. And then I say, okay, everyone has to close their eyes because I am going to tag a kit, a kitty in the housey. And so I walk around the outside of the circle and I draw an X on someone's back. And if they're the kitty cat, then their job is at the end of the song, 
Mouse, mousy, little mousy, hurry, hurry do, or the kitty in the housey will be chasing you. Run and on run. Uh, I tell the mouse they have to get out of the house, run all the way around the house and get back in to be safe. Meanwhile, there's a cat that is part of the circle that is going to try to catch them. So when they, they run out of the house, they're going underneath people's hands, clasped hands. Uh, when we say run, we just drop hands. Okay. But whatever like space they run out of, they yes. have to run back through that same space. No, they could. Well, yes, basically they do have to run. Because if they're, if they're one off, they would, to Okay. Yeah. They can't just go out and in. Got it. Yeah. It makes sense. And it's the exciting part is we don't know who the kitty cat is. Sure. Yeah. Yes. That part is the fun. And sometimes the cat is like right there where the mouse has tried to get out of the house and they get caught immediately. Yeah. And so what? That's yeah. it. That's part of the fun. That's part of yeah. the fun. It's yeah. that whole like, ooh, who's the, who's the kitty? Yeah. That's very yep. exciting. They love that. Um, and we're just do 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 doing all oh, over yeah. the place. So that's why that's happening. All right. And now for like middle grades, um, uh, in fourth grade, I have been doing I Lost the Farmer's Dairy Key because I'm really taking advantage of now we are taking hands. Now we are doing these games that I have not done for a couple of years. Um, and it was kind of kind of when I introduced this to my fourth graders um, this week because they thought I, they looked at me like I had lost my mind when I put myself in the middle of the circle. And here's how I lost the farmer da farmer's dairy key. I'm not going to sing the song, but um, in the, well, maybe I need to say, and the, there's a part of the song that goes, do, do, let me out. I'm in this lady's garden. And my rule is we have a kid in the middle. We have a circle. Everyone has hands clasped, their connected hands, and we're moving the circle. I lost the farmer's dairy key, I'm in this lady's garden. And when we sing, do, do, let me out, everybody has to stop moving. And the person in the middle is allowed to try to escape the lady's garden by running as fast as they can through somebody's hands. Yeah. So yeah. And so this is very old school way to play this game. I know I, every time I have mentioned this game in, you know, sessions and stuff, people have said, oh, well, I know in um, the ORF resource, the uh, Kreskri and Delelis, the, um, oh my goodness, music game plan, game plan. In uh -huh. game plan, they do a rock, paper, scissors afterwards. I, I understand. That sounds fun. I'm doing it this way. So um, way back when, when I was a child, we called this Red Rover. Right. Right, where somebody would have to break through. So they can only break through during, do, do, let me out, I'm in this lady's garden. And if they're not able to break through because someone is really grasping onto their neighbor, then they have to wait until the next one because the second verse is, a brass key and a silver lock, I'm in this lady's garden. Do, do, let me out, I'm in this lady's garden. And that's the second time that they have. And if they don't break through, they have one more chance because we say, corn cup fiddle and a shoestring bow, I'm in this lady's garden. Do, do, let me out, I'm in this lady's garden. Yeah. So it's a little, um, it's, uh, if I had a smaller room, I could maybe have some accidents with this kind of thing. Yeah. But it, it goes, it it always goes pretty well. I've never, um, have I ever sent anyone to the nurse on this one? I don't think I have. 
I have done a slight variant on it, and I don't know if I learned this variant from you or for someone or if I just made this up. But I, instead of breaking through, I it's kind of like both, I have the kid in the middle close their eyes, and I choose like a secret doorway, a secret window, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And so they're walking. And then when we get to the do, do, let me out, they stop. And that doorway opens just while we sing do, do, let me out. And then it closes again. Oh. And so they have to get out through the doorway. So it's the same idea, but instead of crashing you through have to look for the doorway. It. Yeah. And then it, it's not as exciting then when we get to the second verse, because then once they know where the doorway is, then they'll be prepared for it the second time. It's just funny the first in the first verse, because they don't know where the doorway is going to be. And, you know, depending on how big the circle is, they truly can't get out quick. You enough. could change the doorway. You could have. Time. Yeah. If your kids you could, could remember. say, we won't stop singing, but I'm going to pick a new doorway. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, that would be a much safer way to play it. I just really... I think it's so much fun and they oh, yeah. love it. Um, and my room is fairly large and this is a game that I'm going to take outside too. Oh, sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, when kids are trying to, to burst through and, and other kids like they really give it a good try and um, yeah, there's some straining and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, well, this is how we are as children, right? This we is play. fun. Yeah. No, well, sure. I'm standing by it. No, I think it's great, and I've done it. I use. I think the reason why I do it the other way is because, like you said, my room isn't huge, and I was afraid of not getting through the the crashing through the hands. But when they crash through the hands, the the wall that's right behind them. Oh well, <laughs> yes. Okay. So I I put in a a fail safe for that. So my area where there's orf instruments set up, yeah. right where they could like maybe plow ahead into a base xylophone uh-huh. um i say well there is a swamp that's right <laughs> next to the garden this area is the, and i say from here to here is the swamp okay so you cannot burst through where the swamp is because you'll just go into the swamp yeah and that works pretty well like i haven't had any kids that have tried to go through the swamp okay that's good so you know cute but yeah, or take it outside. That's another great. That's exactly it. Take it outside is what we need to do. All right. Two favorite. Now, this is the two part. That was yeah, three. Now two it's two. <laughs> Your two favorite resources to use just right this minute. Yeah. So this could be picture books, technology, whatever. Um, I'm going to talk about one of each of those things. So a picture book I've been using with my kindergartners, so sweet, is uh, a board book for De Colores, the song De Colores, illustrated by Laura Zarin, I believe is how you would pronounce it. And I will put that in the show notes. Um, Really beautiful illustrations. And this is just such a great song to sing this time of year because it's all about springtime and the birds and the rainbows and um my students um are i'm at a dual language school so um the the hope is that they're going to sing this at their kindergarten continuation um you know my my dual language class my my spanish speaking students they've got it down my students in the english class are struggling with it which is really sweet to watch (laughs) they're they're, but they're trying um so anyways um we'll see if it comes together before continuation i told their classroom teacher you guys have to sing this a lot in the classroom 
Zoom because I can't do everything in music class. So we're going to see how it is in a week and a half when it's time for continuation, if they'll be ready for it. But just a sweet song and um, that picture book um, is very sweet. And then um, I know it's something new, but I did Chrome Music Lab, um, the song maker from Chrome Music Lab with my second graders for the first time and the only time this school year because um, this year they go to lunch and recess right after music, right after their amp classes. And so having them bring their devices has been just not worth the trouble. So we have not really done much technology at all in second grade, which has been really refreshing actually. But um, I really wanted to have them get on SongMaker and we also, you know, Doe has been our most recent melodic concept. So I wanted them to create a little SongMaker composition using Do, Mi, So, and La in the key of C. And we had actually learned about the ledger line, not C, not necessarily calling it C, but learning about the ledger line and the purpose of the ledger line when Doe is down there um, in second grade. And so I was like, oh, perfect. Then it ties into Chrome Music Lab because it's C Doe. Anyways, so I had them bring their Chromebooks and uh, gave them an example of, you know, how you can create this and then gave them, I used the QR code. So with, you know, Chrome, you can now share a website on Chrome by there's a button right there in the address bar you can click on to create a QR code. So I did that and then that they used their iPads to scan the QR code and bloop, they were there. It was it was so slick and they were so excited. They had, you know, 10 minutes to play around. And um, after about five minutes, I walked around and saw, OK, they were all using red, yellow, blue and purple. So Domi, mm -hmm. So and La and they all did that successfully. And I said, OK, you can clear that off and now create anything with any color you want. And then, of course, they proceeded to every single box fill up with every single I color. I hate that. It sounds like a machine gun. It's I know, so I know. Yeah. And they added a beat or a rhythm or whatever, a drum right. sound to it. I was like, okay, now do something else, please. Let's so make typical. As fast as we can and every oh, color. So typical. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I did get them to do the goal of creating the composition I wanted and then I let them play. So they were so excited. They thought it was the coolest thing because we had never done it. You know, it's like I myself got sick of Chrome Music Lab because I used it so much during online learning and so much during distance learning. So it was kind of refreshing to come back to it and be like, yeah, this is a really, really good tool <laughs> when used, you know, in a purposeful way too. So, so awesome. those are my two. What are your two, Tanya? Oh, mine I've mentioned before, um, just tech-wise, I've been doing some Blookits, and we talked a lot about Blookit last episode, Yeah. but uh, Blookit, Kahoot, honestly, I haven't done any Kahoots this year, because Blookit has a Kahoot-like, you know, um, game within their platform, uh, and I have, um, like, a... For every grade level, I've made up questions and things. Now, of course, when you're doing a Blook It, are you really assessing anything performance-wise that they can do musically? You're not. It's not skills. It's not about their musical skills. It's it's about their musical knowledge, but it's gamified, of course. Yeah. So, um, it's just been a really fun, mostly on Friday, that I will pull out a Blook It, and I haven't done it with. I've done it with third, fourth, and fifth, mostly fourth and fifth. Yeah. Um, so just oh, let and me I said I would report back because I did um, one as quote unquote homework, but me. Right. How'd that yeah. go? Because I have um, a sub coming up. 
Yeah, I, it went great. So I, I left the link in their in their Google Classroom. So basically, instead of them playing Blook It against each other live, they're doing it asynchronously. They were all playing it at the same time. Um, there are certain mini games that, excuse me, you can do in that way. So I gave them the cafe. And so it was like they were just own playing their own game. And some of them really liked it. And it was interesting because the next time they had earned like technology choice time after that, there were some of them wanted to go back in and continue their book it, which they could. Um, if I, if you set the homework, it, it, it automatically sets it to one day so they can play it for one oh. day. But if you extend it, they can keep playing it on their own whenever they want to, which is kind of cool. Cause some kids ask me, well, can I play this at home? I'm like, sure. I guess. Well, I have some fifth to. graders that were saying, Hey, I can set it up. I know how to set it up. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I've got an now. Yeah. Like, okay. But the general feedback I also got from the kids was, yeah, that was fun, but we really like the games where we're head-to-head and we're doing, yeah. you know, like the crypto hack and the gold and, and the ones where they're stealing things from each other. You know, they just think that's a little bit more fun and engaging. Um, so it worked is what I'm saying. And so a really great activity to do with a sub is the homework function of Blook It. Um, yeah. I had a class who basically did that for an entire 45 minute class period and did not get bored. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my other favorite resource right now, and I just said it a few minutes ago is Sasha, the donut, the book, yeah. the recording that goes with the book, the Amadons, also known as the new England dance masters. It's an excellent resource. If you don't have it, you really should. Um, the dances are so accessible. There's so many of them that have been filmed on YouTube by the Amadons. So when you can watch the Amadons, you should watch the Amadons. Yeah. Um, and if you ever get a chance, and I've said it that before, um, if you get a chance to go to a session, go to a workshop by the Amadons, you will not regret it. They know their stuff. Um, and Sasha the Donut is just an excellent resource. I would say Sasha the Donut, I would have most of those dances for fourth and fifth some third but i like to save some of the things like i know that a lot of people do sashay the actual dance sashay the donut with like third graders and i like to save it oh, for yeah. the other kids um i just think it's one of those things that uh sure third graders could definitely do it but i want to save it for the older kids yeah so that's my other fun resource that i'm really drawing out of a lot right now yeah yeah all right, and now for the one, and our one is like one big idea or a unit, um, you know, just, yeah, big idea or unit. I don't know how to say it. So do you want to go first, Tanya, this time? Because I went first for the other two. Sure. Okay. Mine is very big because I find right now that we're focusing on form, like through these dances that we're doing. Wow. I mean, if you want to feel like we've got this different movement that happens with the B section and then we go and we are back to the A section, like the form you really, um, when kids experience it through movement, I, that can't be beat. You know, yeah. you can show them notation, they can sing it. I think moving it makes all the difference. It's very much like the beat. It's got to be felt, I yeah. think. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that through dances. We're also create, creating tiny little B sections to known songs on instruments. Um, you can go rondo and have each kid have a new section, go back to the first song. Um, that This is great for improvisation or just creating really short B section 
and then we, you know, add all of the other elements to that. And then form in popular music. And this is kind of like, well, of course, of course this happens, but I didn't really plan it. Lately, I've been doing um, something that you recommended, Carrie, so I'll give you credit, is this past week, uh, each day, we've been exploring a different decade in music. And I stole this all from Carrie, everybody. So on Monday, we talked about the 1960s, and we watched a little bit of, of a Beatles performance. On Tuesday, it was the 70s, Wednesday, 80s, and then we had the 90s on Thursday, and then we talked about the aughts on Friday. Um, and I just really got into this because I love music and a lot of the popular music from these decades. I was never, I was not around for the sixties, but I was around for all the other decades. And you know, when you're a young kid in a decade at the, you know, at the beginning of a decade, you're going to hear a lot of the music from the previous decade. So right. I felt like I had a lot of personal connections to all of this music. Yeah. Um, but within that, it was really easy to go, Oh, well, Hey, this is the verse. This is the chorus. Here's a bridge. What's a bridge. And there was a lot of like organic, questions that came from kids as we were listening to some of these songs um that i did not drive this at all it was like from them and so that just really just flowed nicely thank you carrie for that oh you're welcome uh, we've been all about you know form and popular music and rock and roll through our movement dancing creating our own yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, the decades thing, I just, I don't know why I just thought of it. Like, kids just really love that. They loved thinking about the different decades and things that happen. And, of course, to come up with one musician for an entire decade is impossible. And I Yes. Well, after the Beatles, I didn't. I was just like, here's 20 seconds of Cyndi Lauper, and here's 20 oh, yeah, seconds yeah. of Madonna, and here's 20 seconds of Beastie uh, Boys, or whatever, you know. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's another way to do it, for sure. Yes. Um, cool. All right, so my... And you? Big idea, this little, little unit, mini unit I've been doing, again with third grade, is um, a unit on meter and conducting. So time signature, meaning, um, you know, they knew what two-beat meter, three-beat meter, and four-beat meter was, as in the number over a heart, but then I showed them the four on the bottom and told them that the four represents the quarter note, the quarter note gets the beat. Um, and so I'm kind of wrapping that up with a little bow, so by the time they get to fourth grade, they now no, you know, top number and bottom number is always a goal of mine um, for third grade. And then, um, then tying that into conducting. So some some activities we did throughout this, we were obviously singing and reading folk songs in different meters and putting in the bar lines, either whole group or on um, worksheets or whatever. Um, and then, you know, me and my bouncy balls, I love my racquetball bouncy balls. Gotta so I would just, balls. yeah, I would just either boom, chuck or boom, chuck, chuck <laughs> or boom, chuck, chuck, chuck on the piano. And one is always bouncing on the floor. Two is always catching. When we did three, we would bounce, catch, tap our head. And then when it was four, we would bounce, catch, tap shoulder, tap shoulder. Um, and then they could come up with their own things too. But we did a lot of that movement. And that really sets them up well for conducting because one is the downbeat. You're 
putting the ball, bouncing it on the ground, and then that leads to your hands going down. So then in our next class period, we I showed them, you know, diagrams of different conducting patterns we conducted. But we also talked then about how conductors show tempo and they show dynamics too. So it was also the, the speed, obviously, of the beat and then the size of the beat. And I have a class set of batons. I don't remember where or when I got these, but I have 25 little plastic batons, like conducting wow. batons. So they, and we spread out. So so they had plenty of room and we all were conducting along and I have a, you know, a little playlist set up where with different, you know, pieces that are easy to hear the meter. And so some of them I told them ahead of time and then it was like, okay, what meter do you think this is? Let's see if we can figure it out. Three, they can usually fi figure out the difference between two and four, you know, can be very vague, but um, still they at least got the three, which was really the, the big importance. And what I didn't get to with this last group of third graders that I'm hoping I will with my next group is, um, I'm going to bring in a pack of glow sticks and I'm going to let them conduct with glow sticks with the lights off if I have time for it. And if it happens, I'll take a video of it and put it on the Insta because I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. That'll be fun. And then let them keep the glow stick and that's their little parting gift for the summer because this is the last week I'll see those kids and the last Ooh. time I'll see these kids because saying goodbye. So, yeah. yeah crazy. So yeah, that was our fun little kind of end of the year wrap it up unit. I like it because they're up and moving both conducting and doing the bouncy balls and stuff, but it's something that's very concrete and not too, you know, difficult to understand and figure out. So works well this time of year. So now it is time for our segment we call Know Better, Do Better, where we consider songs or practices or just things to uh, help us become more inclusive and uh, more representative in our classrooms. So, Tanya, what would you like to talk about? Okay. Well, it is May, and this is known as Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Um, I'm going to just admit that Last year, when I was featuring music, I was really focusing on the Asian American part. And I've seen lots of postings and, well, not reminders, because I think that I was just not even thinking about it in the first place, I will admit, is that we really want to make sure that if we are lifting up Asian American or Asian voices, that we also have to remember that Pacific Island Islanders are part of um, AAPI month. Yeah, And so I've did a, a tiny bit of research because I was really thinking, I don't even know if I know music um, from Pacific Islanders. So what I did is I was, I was, I was poking around and um, here in Colorado, we have a station called Colorado public radio, of course. And I, I'm on that page quite a bit because I listen to that radio station. There's a, um, it's an, an, you know, indie music and they have a posting that says 10 artists you should know for AAPI Heritage Month. And when I was in my classroom this morning, I put on this playlist from Spotify that they have and I went, oh, wait a minute. I know that song. Oh, hey, I know Mitski. Oh, hey, I know that group. I know that. So it was really, um, it was it was a good start for me to go oh i do know some music that i normally just hear on the radio or that i listen to that i never just i didn't put that together so i'll put a link to that article which includes the spotify playlist it's a start 
it's not the end but I just realized that I really need to educate myself on music from the Pacific Islands and people from that area because like like I said it's easy to focus on the Asian American but we often forget that it's not just Asian Americans so that's my just little no better do better I'm working on that and um yeah that's great more music to listen to yeah And now it's time for our Work Smarter, Not Harder teacher tip, which I am so excited for because I'm always wanting to work smarter and Carrie is the smartest. Oh my gosh, Tanya. Yes. <laughs> this is so silly what I'm about to say. Um, okay, so tis the time of year for making sure all those assessments are done, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think this is an area where we all can work smarter and not harder. And I think we tend to overcomplicate things. Um, and something that I've noticed about myself and as a mentor teacher to like student teachers is, you know, what really is an assessment for kids is something that they're doing, you know, in a way that you can tell they understand and that they're not just copying off their neighbor or copying off you or whatever. So I just remind myself all the time the simple thing of making them close their eyes. <laughs> because if their eyes are closed while they're doing something, then you know, for the most part, that they are doing this on their own. Okay, so here's an example. So you mentioned form. I've actually been doing form as well. So I've been using the Mexican folk song and folk dance La Raspa to talk mm -hmm. about same and different and in kindergarten and then a and B in first grade. So, um, you know, I was having them after we did, we did the dance, we did, whereas they do the little kicking motion with their feet on the A section. It's the, and they do this little like kicking motion, a little like scissor kick kind of motion. And then for the B section, we just took hands and we walked in a circle, right? So we did that. And then we talked about the different sections. And then I sat them down. I was like, okay, when you hear the A section, I want you to clap. One, two, three, rest. One, two, three, rest. When it's the B section, pat the beat. And then we did that whole group. And then the next time I saw them, I was like, okay, remember how we did the clapping and the patting? This time I want you to do it with your eyes closed. And then boom, it's an authentic assessment because they're listening to the music and they're responding to the music and not copying off the teacher or copying off each other. So I think we can take a lot of the activities that we do as a whole group and we can turn them easily into assessments when we ask students to close their eyes and therefore we know that they're doing that individually and not just copying. Awesome. And now it's time for our CODA section. What have you been enjoying in or out of the classroom, Carrie? I'm going to recommend a podcast, a specific episode of that podcast as well, Tanya. I'm Ooh. going to recommend the Crescendo Music Education Podcast uh. with Debbie O'Shea from Australia. And specifically, Yay. let's see, um, this is her fourth episode. 
in her latest episode, she has a chat with Tanya. And it was so fun to listen to. It was so fun to listen to you talking to somebody else. <laughs> just because, <laughs> you know, just the conversation went a different way. And it's it was interesting listening to you talk to Debbie, being somebody from another country and, you know, comparing the way things are done. Um, but as far as I know, this was part one of a two-part series, right, Tanya? Yeah. There's going to be well, another Well, we had episode. a great time. We just couldn't yeah. stop talking. Yeah. So. It was really a great conversation, and I would have enjoyed listening to it, even if it wasn't you. And Aww, um, Debbie's had uh, three other episodes. I've listened to most of them so far. Um, she's talked to our yeah. good friend Aileen Miracle. and Oh, yeah. I love um, the episode with Aileen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just another Aileen. music education podcast from another point of view. That's great. And um, specifically, the, the conversation with Tanya was fantastic. Yes, you should so. put it in your queue. Yeah. Please listen um, to the Crescendo Music Podcast. And I think you can search for it with Crescendo Music. She's on Stitcher and on um, iTunes. Yeah. And... I'll link to it in the show notes. It was it yes. was easy to find. So Yeah. So, so great job to Debbie. Great job to you, Tanya. It was a lovely episode to listen to. Well, and we support Debbie. And, and it's awesome that she is joining in and doing some podcasts. Thank yeah, you. Totally. Great. All right, Tanya, what's your recommendation? Okay. Um, I just keep watching TV. Um, <laughs> I am actually watching Severance for the second time. I watched all of the episodes after they had dropped. Uh, they were putting them out, and this is on Apple TV, and they were putting them out like one a week, but I didn't really get into it until it was near the end. Um, so they have the whole first season available on Apple TV, um, and it is a very timely topic. And the the basic premise is um, it centers around an office of uh, people who work for a company called Lumen. And in order to work at this company, you have to go through a brain procedure where your office self and your outside the office self. Um, are completely separate. So when you're in the office, you don't remember anything from your outside life. And when you're in your away from the office life, you don't don't know anything about what's happening in the office. So such a great premise. And so many sinister things could and do go awry. And it's it's just great. It's really well done television. I I love it so much that you know, it's, I'm watching it again because I'm like, now I know all these things and I got to see what happens like from the first episode yeah. now that I know what I know. And, um, a lot of people have compared it to lost, which I never watched, but oh. it's got that same kind of vibe from what I hear okay. with like a lot of mystery and intrigue. And, um, it's, it's great. It's directed by Ben Stiller too, which is oh, cool. kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think between that show and the Coda movie, I, it's time for me to get Apple TV because, yes. yeah, I've it's... heard so many people talking about Severance and what a great show it is. And then you need some Ted Lasso in your life, too. Oh, and Ted Lasso. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time. Summertime Ted... when I have time to watch more screens. Not that I should be, but, you know, I will. Um, that That's probably going to be a new Ted thing. Lasso would be great for teachers. He's a He is a warm demander. Okay. Yes. And I feel like that's something I can watch with my husband. We don't have very many shows that we watch together because we have very different vibes <laughs> when Me it comes too. to TV. Me and my so husband, too. I think Ted yeah. Lasso would be it. We could actually watch that together and enjoy it. So, yes. All right. Good recommendation. Thanks, Tanya. 
We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. In our next episode, we'll be talking about our summer plans, including an announcement of what we'll be reading for this year's 2022 Summer Book Club. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking. But what, wait, wait, are you going to do hand signs? No, because no one can see them. <laughs> no, funny but you la, funny, funny, ray, funny, fala, radio, radio, ti, radio, mi, re, mi, la, funny, funny, ray, funny, fala, radio, radio, ti, radio. I'm laughing. Da, ti, da, ray, mi, ray, da, ti, la, funny. Nice. <laughs>